just spending time with those people to know who they are, what their talents are, to ask, call on them when we have challenging questions, problems. So they feel connected and they are connected because they're actually adding value. And then to really identify leadership. Inform, inspire, and evolve. Welcome to Creating Community for Good, a podcast dedicated to philanthropy, the love of humankind. Join host Lindsay Simons in a friendly conversation about contributing to good as we bring together community, positivity, and energy to the business of generosity. Welcome your host, Lindsay Simons. Hi, this is Lindsay Simons, your host of the Creating Community for Good podcast. Today's episode is a unique format in that it is a recorded interview conducted during a team meeting. If you haven't listened to many of my episodes, then you should. But if you have, you'll notice that I mentioned Build very often. Otherwise, in just conversation with me, you know that Build is near and dear to my heart. I was introduced to Build through Isla Malik. And Isla was the guest of my very first episode of Creating Community for Good. If you've missed that, I definitely recommend you take a look at that again, as she is quite a fierce leader and recently published two books that are getting national accolade. And she's she's really an interesting woman to watch. She introduced me to the organization through the founder and CEO, Suzanne McKechnie-Clark. Now, Suzanne is a powerhouse in her own right as well. And since leaving Build as the CEO, she remains a board member and founder in residence and has started Mayakama Ventures that does consulting for organizations thinking really big. And she's worth checking out. She's a powerhouse innovator, fundraiser, strategist with an absolutely magnanimous personality and a lot of fun to work with. So when she brought me on board, uh, I guess it was December 2017, she tasked me with the responsibility of reevaluating the case for support for their major donors and transformational donors, and then looking at the pipeline, looking at relationship management strategies, and how we're really working with our external community that's funding the program. As Suzanne transitioned out of the role of CEO and Ayeli Shakur was unanimously nominated by the board to precede her, Ayeli retained me to continue on with major guest strategies, but also to support the national reorganization. With special attention dedicated to the newly defined West Coast region and advisory board, I started working very closely with Ryan Oliver, who's my guest today. After three or four contract extensions and reconfigurations with the work being complete, I couldn't leave. Ryan invited me to stay deeply tied to the organization by joining the executive committee of the advisory board, and I was so hooked that I was sold. So I like to joke that I used to get paid as a consultant to give my advice, but now I pay as a volunteer to give my advice. I kid, but really I am honored and humbled to be invited to serve alongside the esteemed group of volunteers, many of whom are entrepreneurs, industry leaders, and area experts. Now, Build at Large, the mission is to use entrepreneurship to ignite the potential of youth from under-resourced communities to propel them into high school, college, and career success. With over two decades of experience in this exciting space, their success includes the following achievements. They've incubated over 750 youth businesses. They've partnered with more than 30 schools, and that number is rapidly growing, especially during this time of virtual programming. 
And since 2012, they've documented that 96% of the students who completed the BUILD program graduated from high school on time, and 98% of those are accepted to at least one post-secondary opportunity. Today, we discuss the challenge of reactivating a defunct board and growing it far above and beyond historic efforts. The local advisory board we enjoy today consists of 22 members who are, as I've mentioned earlier, entrepreneurs, philanthropists, industry leaders, and highly talented. They not only give their insights, but also they give five and six-figure donations yearly. They commit to three years of services. They open doors to corporate funding. They rally and advocate for others to get involved. They volunteer their services, of course, and they're all deeply tied to the mission of what we do. Ryan Oliver is the Regional Executive Director of the Bay Area and LA. He is an absolutely inspirational leader who's deeply grounded in commitment to the mission, hubris, and plenty of levity. He and I enjoy quite a bit of humor as we try to get work done, and it really does make our relationship so much more richer and more enjoyable for everyone. I appreciate that in him quite a lot. You'll see that right at the beginning of this interview. Every Tuesday for the last two years, Ryan and two other members of our executive committee, Mike Farb and Louis Chang, and I have met to discuss anything from recruitment to finances to staffing to program evolution and evaluation. And then, of course, fundraising. Now this group is growing and it's, it's really fun to see the leadership evolving. It's a rewarding opportunity. And for anybody who has never been on a board, I encourage you to explore your local organizations and consider joining either an advisory board, an associate board, or a national fiduciary board. It's a very rewarding activity. Now that you've got a very detailed background of how I know Build and how personal this relationship is for me, I hope you enjoy what you hear as I interview Ryan about what worked and what lessons were learned as we grew this board and created a relationship with individuals that now feels truly like a chosen family. You'll notice that at the end of this interview, Ryan opens up the conversation to team members who are also on this call that you didn't hear from earlier. That's Jeff. Jessica McGill, who's our fundraising lead, and Rodrigo Alfaro, who's the director of strategic partnerships and heads the associate board. The group continues to grow and it's a really exciting group of people. And for now, that's enough background. Let's get into it. How do we rework a defunct board and grow it into something that's cohesive, strong, and everlasting? Let's roll the show. Let's just jump in. Let's talk about how do you build a board starting from scratch? Sure. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks for having this conversation with us. So the, the role that I stepped into as regional executive director it was at a time when the organization was under a great deal of transition and the region itself had been essentially folded into our national organization. And so there was not the the regional advisory board, which is a, a designation that we use build to, to mean not a fiduciary board, but a supportive fundraising, you know, strategic board that had essentially been dormant, right? So they hadn't met for six months. They had 10 members that had sort of dwindled to, to four or five that were actually active or, or still engaged. And they had had no fundraising targets for about a year to two years. And 
had had a succession of of some leadership turnover at the executive director level. So that's how I came in to this role. And that was the board that we had. So it was a really well-prepared board and you were set up for uh, to hit the ground running. Is that what you're saying? That's opposite of what I just said, but yeah. Pretty much opposite. <laughs> All right. Yes. <laughs> so, and I had been working with Build as a consultant. And when you joined, my number one task was to support you in getting onboarded and to build the board so that we can, our advisory board, so that we can have the the set of volunteers to not only fund the organization, but give us strategic advice, counsel, and be our champions, be our boots on the ground, and expand our community. So starting from the beginning, what do you think was the most successful strategy that we used to begin? Like, what was the first step? Who did we, who did we use as the first person to engage? So the, what was memorable to me was the, the initial relationship building that you and I did, and that Ayale and I, Ayale, who's our CEO, she was new in her role. And so we essentially had a list from the, the founder and CEO who was stepping down and passing on the torch to our new CEO and to me as, as regional director in the original region. We had our list of people that the founder thought could be really well, you know, should be and could be engaged, that could be a leadership of the board or had been in the past. And we just went out and talked to them. So we had, you know, I had face-to-face conversations with the six to eight folks who had been on the board. And I had sort of two lines that that we were tracking. And you and I, I think, you know, spoke at length about this and strategized around it. One was to determine who was a really strong fit in terms of affinity and ability to give, since we were now going to be asking for a give, not just their name support, but actual financial commitment and a fundraising board. And then who, you know, who was still passionate about the mission and what we were doing. And so when we had those conversations, my, you know, my first goal was to build trust, to share with them my background, my connection to build and my my hopes for the region and for the board to assess and and really just ask them what their experience had been and to listen openly and and to ask them to tell me what their experience had been, whether good or bad, and to and to do that with empathy and to just just hear them to acknowledge when they had had difficult challenges, to acknowledge their ideas for for growth and improvement, and then to ask them for a commitment. And so for all board members, even those that indicated they wanted to leave the board, I asked them to stay on in the transition. Mm. Yeah, that was a great move to just have some continuity. Yeah, absolutely. And to say, you know, for those that were excited and said, wow, I've been waiting for somebody to ask us to meet and ask us to fundraise. And we've been looking for goals. I said, great, we've got goals. We want to sign you up. Let's, let's partner together. Let's be be thought partners. And, and I, I was fra- framing it as like, I want you to be my cabinet, right? And the people that I, that I count on and I rely on and, it, and also a social group, right? Like we want to bring you into the build family and to, to have a collaborative, friendly, professional group that cares about each other and the mission. And so it was both a, a social element to say, we want to include you in this group that's doing 
this really hard work. And for those that had indicated that they wanted to leave the board, I asked them for two things. I said, will you stay on and support in this transition? And will you replace yourself? Essentially, like if you want to step down, will you help us find a champion in your company if you're able? And, and I got really positive responses to that, partly because I also indicated that I would, I would be flexible in terms of what I was asking of them and that we would work with people to, to find a commitment level that, that especially if they were continuing on, that if they said, I don't have a lot of time, but I want to support you in, in these other ways, great. If they said, well, I don't have a lot of money right now, but I want to show up and, and support the cause in these other ways, we said, great, let's start there and, and build from there. What I really love about what you did was you asked them what would make this a meaningful experience for you and really trying to know from each person what makes them tick, what motivates them so that you could then create that sticky power that we have now that is a a total transformation from where we were starting with so few people who are totally disengaged and still wanted to do good and contribute, but didn't really have a platform or roadmap to do so, to now where we have calls where we have 22 people on a town hall or a board meeting. So I really admire the way that you've taken the time to personalize and customize the experience with all of the volunteers. The question I have to you is, how do you maintain a balance between serving the volunteer and really advancing the mission? And how do you make good decisions and prioritize what's right for the organization versus what the volunteer's creative idea is? Yeah, I think that that was certainly a challenge that that I faced as, as a new executive director. And I just want to preface that and say this was my first full-time executive director role. And while I had built boards in the past, this is the first time I was building a fundraising board that had such an ambitious goal and was at this level in terms of working with folks who are absolute leaders in their fields that that are used to being you know incredibly active and in leadership roles in their company or their other organizations and and had a variety of board service experiences some had no board service experience some had had bad board service experiences you know some had come from very functional boards so I would say that you and I together, you know, spent a lot of time building our leadership. So I think, I think it was really important to have leadership, board leadership that was genuinely driven by the mission. And that in our recruiting, we were very thoughtful about, you know, yes, we needed numbers. Yes, we needed people that could write checks and could give. And we were not willing to sacrifice the culture. And that meant like really selecting for people that were mission driven, that were not about using the board as their sort of social climbing network, were not about using the board as their pet project where they could exert their influence and, and, you know, dominate in some way the, the mission. And so I think I just remember hearing from you and from our board chair you know, Mike Farb, that anytime I would start to go down the road of, well, this person has a really great idea, or, you know, I want to make sure we honor their, you know, their interest and what they brought forward, that council to say, you know, the board serves the mission of the organization. And, and people 
need to be treated well and respected and heard. And we need to be really firm about the, the build team leading the work and the board members offering insight and strategy and, and support to that. But, but at the end of the day, the people who know the students and, and are responsible for the mission directly need to decide how best to use resources and, and what strategy to take. And so I know, you know, Mike Farb has said multiple times, like, ask us what you want, like, ask for what you want, tell us what you need. We're here to serve the board and, and the leadership team of, of build. And I think that culture has been that confidence that I had to say, oh, it's okay to tell people no, right? Gently and kindly, but to say, hey, we really heard you. We think this is a brilliant idea and we need to go in this different direction and then explain why, right? To give the rationale and, and be firm about our mission and, and our, our focus. And you've used a, a decision tree. Actually, I remember the one of the very first meetings or times that we gathered this group of volunteers, the new group, was to say, okay, so here's what your role is and here's what my role is and here's how we're going to make decisions as a team. And it's all starting with putting the student in the center. And so I thought that that was a very strategic way to set expectations early on, which I know liberates the volunteer because then they know what you need from them and they don't feel like they're you know, giving too much or too little because they understand that there are some boundaries that we're going to work within that has made this a much more cohesive group, I would say. It's just that really subtle but early definition that set the tone and the stage for future dynamics of relationships. I'm glad glad you brought that up because I take it for granted a little bit that, you know, that process that we initiated. And that was that really started with our program team because we were rebuilding our, our program team. We were starting a development team for the first time, right? The Bay Area, our region had never had a full development team. It had just been an executive director that was responsible for raising the budget. And so the creation of that decision tree really started at the program level and the team level with, with development involved. And so where we defined you know, what are, what are our priorities and what are the questions we need to ask anytime we're making a big decision or, or thinking about innovation and, and front loading our mission and our values and really clarifying those values and then going through our capacity and our, our skill set and our, you know, all it goes through six or seven, you know, 10 different questions that we ask. And so the value of that, you know, by presenting that to the board, asking for their input on it, once it had been vetted within the staff and and then asking them to, even though we don't use it all the time, I would say, like it doesn't come up every meeting. I do think it was a way to depersonalize those decisions, right? So it's not just my, it's not a power struggle between a board member and a staff member. It's a collaborative effort to decide which ideas are going to move forward based on a process that's public, that's agreed upon and shared. And I think that's something that that has been really powerful for our team, making sure the program and development are one team and have, have a common process. And then also our, you know, our our staff and our board to be one team that that we can refer back to when we have challenges or tension. We can say, what's our mission? What's our values? You know, do we have the capacity to do this? What is the real impact? 
And then it allows us to talk about what the effect is on our team, right? If a board member says, oh, I just really love this event. I want to do this event. And we say, great. And this is the impact it would have on our team to do that. And so we need to think carefully about what the actual costs and benefits are. Yeah, I think you really give the volunteer agency by doing that too, because they can then start regulate, self-regulating you know, what is a valuable, wh- how can we make decisions strategically and how can I contribute in a way that would ultimately just come right back down to that bottom line of the students at the center. And over time, then the volunteers have become trained to really understand your mentality as well as the organization's mentality without it feeling fickle or changing. So I think that's caused a lot of you know, a lot of goodwill and freedom for the volunteers. And then I want to transition into talking about how do you manage the kind of board that we have? Because we started with maybe five volunteers who carried over from the old dynamic that needed that reinvigoration and that, you know, that shot of juice and excitement and structure and strategy. And then we did the steps that you talked about by creating some some parameters around decision trees, but then we did the committees and started thinking about what skill sets do you bring to the table and why are you really a valued asset to this advisory board and what do you want to get out of it? And then ultimately we got to the point where we decided we want to keep growing and we think we can by having groups, those very distinct groups of subcommittees. So I want to pose the question to you, Ryan, is how do you manage the subcommittees in a way that makes a large board feel intimate still. Yeah. And it's in my mind, it's definitely a continuous improvement. So I wouldn't say we've arrived at that, you know, full, the full vision that I think we have for, for that, but we're getting much closer. I think again, a lot of it to me goes back to the relationships where we put in the time. And I would say we, like you, me, Rodrigo on our, you know, as part of our development leadership team, and more and more, like as we've grown, Jessica is now doing that, you know, just spending time with, with those people to know who they are, what their talents are, to ask, call on them when we have challenging questions, problems. So they feel connected and they are connected because they're actually adding value. And then to, to really identify leadership, you know, to let, you know, see who rose out of that and really had excitement about branding and marketing or corporate partnerships or revenue generation and growth and and then to you know to then invite them into leadership to give them ownership over convening meetings that we're present for so we're still there you know building relationship and and ensuring that it stays you know doesn't go in a wrong direction but but giving them that space to to have ownership and leadership and then I think our executive committee, sort of our our, exec, our small sort of executive leadership meeting weekly, even though it's a huge time commitment, has been really helpful for me just to have a pulse and to get constant feedback from a subset of board members about what's happening and then let them tell me what needs to be communicated and how. And I would say a new role, like with you as, as the you know, head of membership, thinking about that buddy system, right? And and how to link people up so that it's not just relationships between us and board members, but they're actually building connections between one another. And we've seen it where board members just get together and hang out, right? Or they'll they'll network and and they'll say, oh yeah, I just had a meeting with this person. I just had coffee with that person. And 
you know, or I'm, you know, I'm doing a, some other project for that person. So I think that very intentional structure, right. Having structures and process that and allows for spontaneity of connection and relationship and a, and a, I, I felt like it was a little bit forced at the beginning and it felt awkward and like, Oh, I've got to like build like, personal relationships with people in this sort of structured way where there's also an ask where we're making like requests of them to give money. And now I feel like when we get on a board call or, you know, a video conference, even, even if it's not in person, I'm just happy to see them. Right. Like, I, and I feel like they're happy to see one another. And there's a sense of connection and care for each other as people that, you know, that, that I think transcends the sort of awkward formalities, but it, but there is that stage, right? There has to be structure and it has to sort of go through an awkward phase, I think, to get there. Yeah. And then it becomes suddenly this life of its own. That's got this, it's just got this allure. It's like this sticky power where everybody wants to be closer to each other. They see that a few people are gathering and they're talking about interesting topics and they want to just be part of it. So it's sort of like this good begets good based on relationships that are built on respect and empathy, but also it's truly being open-minded. I see you as a a leader that's a servant leader and one who also asks for advice. Even you let the parameters be stated that you may or may not go down the path that's proposed, but that you want to hear their thoughts and insights. And there's probably nothing more valuable for a board member or volunteer than feeling like they're able to add intellectual power in addition to the money. Money's easy to give. What's not as easy is being able to contribute to something where you actually see your difference being made. And that's why volunteers get so jazzed is because they get this power. They get this opportunity to think deeply and carefully and creatively, and then actually see change be impacted through their few hours of service. So while their day job is really, maybe it's pushing paper corporately and they love it or they hate it, doesn't really matter. But this is a whole new element of their life that's fulfilling and enriching and rewarding. And I think that's a real a secret sauce that I'd encourage others to consider is how can you truly make other people feel valued and give them opportunities to think and to contribute in meaningful ways? That's a good, I mean, that's a good point. And the, the one, the one sort of small piece there, concrete strategy there that, that I actually would credit with the book multipliers, which is something that I, I definitely recommend. It was like, you know, very, helpful for me and my leadership and, and thinking differently about how I approach it. But the one thing I try to do with all of my board engagements, whether it's a committee meeting or a quarterly meeting or a you know, weekly meeting, is to try to set up the question or the, the topic and then engage people in debate, right? And just open, make really clear, like as you said, this is a decision that I have to make. This is the criteria that I'm making it on. And here's the scenario I want to hear from every single person. And I want to like, I want to have like really vigorous differences of opinion. And, and I want to hear like lots of, of different sides of this. And I feel like it does two things. One is it, it, it lets me step back and just really take in that input and weigh it and listen to it. But it also creates trust and connection between people because they're actually feeling safe to, to debate things and, and pocket out without a sense that somehow like they have to be the decision maker or that they're going to be disappointed if it doesn't go their way. 
because we've tried to set it up as, as just like a, this is a, a free reign conversation and you don't ultimately have to make the decision. It's on me to make that tough decision, but I just need to know your, your perspective and your ex, you know, your expert advice. And I feel like those conversations have, have created a lot of trust and connection and yeah, to the point where when there's a crisis, and this is kind of how I would say, like, how do we know that we've, we've succeeded in some way? And, and again, the work is not never done, but when we had, you know, a massive pandemic, you know, breakdown of society coupled with a massive, you know, just upswelling in realization that racial inequity is still with us and is all, you know, just as brutal as it ever was, but now it's in our face and people who maybe like loved build, but didn't really realize the depth of the issues that we're trying to face and that our students are facing, that in that moment of crisis, our board members came together and they, and they expressed a desire to be in solidarity and to double and triple their efforts and to, to just be together in what was a very traumatic time. And so to me that, you know, that's a, a sign that we're doing something that's working. If, if people are are gravitating to that space where they're not being paid, they're not being forced, it's all volunteer. It's like they could be with family, they could be doing more work, they could be out in the street protesting, and they're deciding to come and and come together around our mission and and to have a safe community to support one another in that mission. That to me was was just incredibly powerful and and inspiring to say, okay, these relationships are real. This is not just a a resume builder for these people. This is something they care about and they're deeply engaged in. So. I love that. I, I couldn't agree more. It almost makes me teary just thinking of it because it was such an important conversation we had that town hall where people were very raw and vulnerable and processing together. And, and it was a true relationship that had been built and a safe space. I really commend the work that you've done, Ryan. I, I love being a part of the Build Advisory Board and I know that we're wrapping up on timing here. Is there anything else that you want to share? No, just, I mean, a lot of gratitude, gratitude towards you and, and being, you know, such a wonderful coach and, and support and thought partner. You know, I, I certainly could not have, you know, we could not have built this community without your engagement and support. And I'm just really grateful to have you continuing as a board member and, and, you know, volunteering your time, which is incredibly generous and, and yeah, just, just thank you for all that, all that work and effort. Yeah. Very generous of you to say it's truly my pleasure and it brings me so much joy to be part of this organization. So thank you for inviting me to continue on. Okay. Well, I'd open it up for more questions, but I think we are at time. Your thoughts? So we can open for appreciation, like usually we would wrap with some appreciations. I had suggested some extended eye gazing to really just like, you know, bring it home. That's what happens when the team lets me do team building activities. You get really awkward kind of on the fly things. So this would be a lesson for you all not to task me with, with community building experiences, but I would love to, I would love to say, um, <laughs> I would love to have a um, a quick round. I think we'll do appreciations tomorrow because we'll save that for the end, closing circle. But I would love for people, since I, I think so much of this is about relationships, to 
to just reflect on and think about a moment when you felt a really powerful connection with one of our you know board members volunteers right where you felt like you actually made a personal connection and and what was it like what was the context or the the move that that led to that and we can do a you know we'll do a round and as many as we can until we run out of time I gotta say it's with Lindsay actually. Lindsay, I think I met you my second day at Build, and we met for coffee that morning. And you just gave me like a complete rundown of like everything I need to know. Here's what you're walking into. Here's what to focus on, and it really just helped me get started on the right foot. And then on the personal side, after COVID hit, we did a happy hour together, and that was so nice to talk like outside of Build as well and really get to know each other. Yeah, thanks, Jessica. I loved that too. And let's keep it going. I admire you so much. You're doing such good work. Not going to get into names because it's kind of personal, but basically like they were asking for relationship advice. They were in a, in a long-term relationship with their, their significant other and just coming to a point where they were, you know, wanting to grow up and make like decisions around like their long-term personal life and their partner wasn't there. And like, it was just kind of like, like this moment I step back, I'm like, wow, like you actually like, not only are we working together on this organization, but you actually care about my advice on, you know, your personal matters and stuff like that. So it was really cool to have that conversation and seeing where it ended up. So yeah, it was like really touching. I love that. Well, thank you, Lindsay, for, for joining in and adding a little excitement to the end of our day. So giving me a chance to speak about myself. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode with Ryan Oliver. If you liked what you heard, let me know. Again, I'm open for free consultation if that's of interest to you. Send me a message on LinkedIn or via email at info at lindsaysimonsconsulting.com. Please review and rate my podcast as well. That would really help me out in moving the needle for continued podcasting. I prefer Apple Podcasts, but Spotify and others stream my podcasts as well. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. If you're curious about a topic and or want to be a guest, then let's just connect. Send me a note and connect with me. Tell me what you're interested in. Hope you have a great day and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. With this latest valuable episode, we'd love to thank you for joining us on the Creating Community for Good podcast. If you found today's show valuable, simply visit our website, creatingcommunityforgood.com to leave a review as well as to get access to additional resources and relevant links from this show. Stay tuned for more episodes.